It's 2019. Man, where did the year go? Actually, man, seriously, I, ca- I can't believe this. Yeah. Can't believe this. And if I look back, I'm like, shit, so much happened. But at the same time, I'm like, where did the year go? I think they, I, actually, like, unlike previous years sometimes where it would be like, wow, that just flew by. This time, it's, this year was extremely intense for a lot of people, a lot of people around me as well. And, and yet somehow it's just like, yeah. did we actually get to the end? What's happening? <laughs> I got a new job. Your podcast production has seen a lot of positive growth this year. That's true, yeah. The the podcasting stuff and the, the podcast network and the creative network really well. We finished a year of the two vegans. We did. I think I rescued quite a lot of animals this year and rehomed them. You attended the first week in March? I attended the first week in March of my life. And what else did we do? What else did we do? We established the Education Society. We did. Hey, I moved into a new house. Do let us know what have you been doing in 2018 and how your year went by. And uh, happy 2019. We hope this year you meet more vegans, you spread more cheer, consume less animal products, love more animals, donate to the sanctuary or a shelter near you. Yeah, try to help out, you know, do... Um, or you can just pay us. Just, I mean, whatever, you know. Listen to our show, uh, you know, and, and contribute to your local shelters if you can't do anything else. Maybe, maybe make one change this year that helps reduce your impact on the world. Pay us. Or pay us. <laughs> we let you know where to send the money. Yeah. It's a bit hush hush. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. The food at Amongst Few Cafe is really nice. If anyone wants to go and check it out, lots of vegan options. Well, lots of actually vegan food, and then lots of vegan, like optionally vegan food as well. So a lot of things could have been made vegan, which they indicate on the menu, which is nice. Hello, hello, welcome to episode sixteen. We are in our sweet sixteens now. Yay! Quinceanera episode. What? Quinceanera episode. What? Quinceanera is the Spanish tradition of like when, when a girl turns 16. Just no. <laughs> so, uh, what have we got on the slate for today? Actually, I've been reading a lot lately about what's going on in the wildlife part of the world. Was this was any of this triggered by the whole circus thing? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, the other day I was reading an article about how the giraffe is close to being endangered now. And that really shook me because that is one animal that you see as a child in your textbooks and in your books. And you just, you just, you just don't think that, okay, the giraffe could be extinct. So probably your children will not be able to see a giraffe. Obviously, because I don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's children are not going to be able to see giraffes. The thing with giraffes is that they have several species under them. And some of them are endangered. They're not, they've not reached extinction yet, but they are endangered. And uh, apparently there are about a little more than 4,500 of them left. Yeah, that's just a f- uh, some species of giraffes. No, I- you think like the if you just go out in the wild, there would be giraffes everywhere. Like there would be deer everywhere. Who knows, like this deer is extinct. Maybe I should go and check another article or something. 4,500, that doesn't, I mean, that's, I don't, even know what to, I don't really know what to respond to that because that yeah. doesn't seem like a lot at all. And there are so many such facts and figures about just, you know, marine life, orangutans. Just just crazy dwindling numbers and it's, it's sad because the next generation will not be able to see these things. Like we grew up learning G for giraffe and, you know, yeah. C for chimpanzee and they're just, they're just outnumbered now. And I mean, I was I was reading a little bit more into it and I wanted to see how veganism does affect it. Being a vegan has a huge positive Im- impact on uh, stopping this. But I mean, we have 
sort of, you know, in pieces, talked about some of these things. I mean, we talked a lot about the um, marine life when we were talking about plastics a couple, a few episodes ago, right? Um, and we've, we've also had these sort of in, during the news pieces and stuff about how, uh, you know, plant-based diets and stuff um, actually have a positive impact on the larger environment. But I think, you know, and we've also talked about the population problem, uh, right? I think that there is a... I don't know whether it's like this just disconnect. I'm sure it's a disconnect among many other things, but there's this disconnect about like, oh, what is one person going to really like? What 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 is the impact of one this one extra person and stuff? And I I think people just don't realize the scale at which we do things today, the scale at which uh, things have to be done to cater to this kind of ballooning, like it's exponential demand for things. I, I think it's very disproportionate. Like there there is no. I don't think that there is a. If someone would, if someone would actually sit and do, which some people have, uh, a mathematical model, I think it would scare the shit out of us. And and remember, there was a report that we talked about. Uh, some scientists had done this research. They said that if we don't change our practices by 2020, I think it was, uh, our eating habits by 2020, like it's over. <laughs> like we're we're just gonna be done. And I don't even think 2020. Like today, I mean. They, they just they just said that by 2048 or so or 2050 you'll start seeing repercussions no no it was like to prevent any repercussions you need to change everybody's habits have to change by 2020 like in a year or two years that's all you have yeah. and i don't realistically see that happening but uh you know i mean just I, like you know, it's like sometimes it's just there's some stupid stuff like the amount of plastic that is that like even when you just walk into a supermarket and you're trying to buy something simple and the amount of plastic wrapping you like you have to get through to get to something small like and i'm just like why there you know there's um like for example uh there is a uh, uh, dishwasher soap uh, these these like pellets and you so you buy a big cardboard box and then you know then you have like a, whatever 50 pellets in there each pellet is individually plastic wrapped and I understand that, like, for them, it's about like, plastic is really cheap, and um, because it's soapy and stuff, like having them stacked together means that they could, uh, whatever, not melt, but like uh, dissolve, and it could cause problems. And you want to keep it uh, free from water because of the same problem with soap. But like, I mean, fifty? Can you imagine in fifty individual pellets wrapped tightly in plastic? When when you go to the the food counters in supermarkets here and stuff, like you pick up, let's say, a salad or something like that, like those pre-made salad or hummus, whatever, and then they'll first take out a plastic container, fill it in for you, label it and mark it, then walk up to a, a plastic wrapper and wrap the whole thing in plastic again. And I'm like, it's already in a container. It's fine. I have to keep refusing. I'm like, please don't wrap this in plastic. Like, I don't, I just don't want it. So it is, it's, it's just like, it's a very small things that to me, like if you just stand at a, at a car for or whatever for 10 minutes and look at how many people go through that, that food aisle, uh, I mean, then just multiply that by one month, like into one month and you will realize they must be going through rolls of that every day. Yeah, I mean, even even when you when you see bananas being wrapped in individual plastic, I mean, nature has already taken care of it. Obviously, like one of the biggest reasons how, why uh, veganism is important here is uh, we are collectively killing and destructing their habitat. Um, the land that we are using to produce food to feed animals that we in turn eat can, is actually the land of these animals. Mm-hmm. And wild animals, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about farmed animals, I'm not talking about cows and chickens who are obviously being bred mm. 
and to breed so many animals you also need space 56 billion animals are slaughtered every year and 70% of the of the land that we have is used to grow food for animals and the remaining 30% is uh, for humans and for other things 91% of amazon forest destruction happens because of animal agriculture 91% and just by having a vegan diet you're saving nearly 11000 square feet of forest every year that's huge It's massive. Imagine if 50% of the population goes vegan. 20%, like, <laughs> you know, you're saving 11,000 square feet of forest every year. So we've, we've talked about the, like, the Beyond Burgers and stuff and the kind of impact they're having. And I mean, people have tried to reduce it to like a very, you know, as simple a statistic as they can, where they're like, okay, hey, every burger um, that we produce, like a vegan burger company or whatever, every burger we produce has a direct impact to say water saving and other things like that. And then you start multiplying that if 10 people ate that every week. But it's all, I mean, it's all, it's just not one thing. It's just not a vegan diet. It's controlling the population. It's controlling the waste that you're already creating, food waste, any kind of other waste. It is vegan diet. It's just everything. Everything has to be done uh, at the same time. You cannot just choose one thing over the other. I mean, we are also equally responsible for the plastic waste that i mean every day i'm just ordering stuff um or buying stuff and i'm like shit there's more plastic i mean the the best i can do is recycle it but plastic can only be recycled two or three times at best i mean after that it's a waste it just breaks down yeah i mean even think about like like electric cars do you know how much resistance is going on right now just as a not a political fight but like a corporate fight over trying to i mean i don't i cannot fathom Hybrid cars came out like 15 years ago. Never went mainstream. And it wasn't until Tesla came out that even they even became a thing, yeah. right? And even though there were cars, I'm not saying that there weren't electric cars out there, but you just saw them like the cool little pieces that were just lying around. Or the tiny ugly ones that yeah. nobody wanted to drive, you know. Yeah. And and I mean, come on, these car companies made tons and tons of money. Think of the bigger ones, right? Like your your Mercs and your BMWs and stuff who could have invested in enough r&d to do it can you imagine even today like following a tesla some of these companies have made announcements but it's like it's like companies like chevy and nissan and stuff half of the time it's like market is heading that way it's not even like because like oh we should really care about the environment but like look at the bigger companies where are their electric cars tesla has been around for years they've not even bothered investing in that line because they know like people people are all short term memory stuff like they won't care Every, any conversation I've had about buying a new car, and I, I mean with friends, with family, whatever, other just random people and stuff, they're not even looking. They're like, it's too expensive. And I understand that these, this is a, it's tough to make that decision. It's tough to make that sacrifice, especially when the pricing at the moment is like one and a half, two, three times what the car is, which I understand. So I'm not saying that. But I wish, A, on the one side, more car manufacturers did something about it so that the pricing wouldn't be where it is. But then on the other side, like, why do we have to be the selfish and why can't we just be like look i've got the means let me get the car i'm there as well i i i want to buy a new car and i want to buy an electric car but i just can't afford it i just cannot afford it and it's i mean i want to do my bit but i cannot do this alone yeah. there has to be either enough demand for them to reduce the prices so everyone collectively has to understand the impact or the manufacturers have to give i mean i know our government the ua government offers um, some incentives for electric car drivers and you know you're not paying toll gates you're but that's not enough that's not enough i i cannot afford the price of that car change can be made in a single day if enough people protest for it 
and we're seven billion people. I mean, we can we can easily change whatever we want, but we all of us have to be on the same page for that. And how how easy is that? But more than that, I think part of the problem is also like there are seven billion people, by the way, <laughs> and that needs to be addressed. Well, can't do much about it now, though. We're there, we're there. We can stop from being eight billion, but we're already on track for eight, and nobody's going to be able to stop that from happening. Okay, at least nine then somewhere. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere later. This is the problem. The problem is that we're we're far down the slope. Actually, we are making a lot of change. The generation today is realizing uh, the impact. The generation before us, so we're in the middle, right? The generation after us is realizing all of this. So they are millennials or Gen Zs or whatever you call them. I don't know. There's so many terms I can't keep up. But uh, they are calling our previous generation baby boomers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's, there's this entire Twitter memes going on between baby boomers and millennials. saying that We're not interested in having children because, you know, we don't have the money. I mean, you've you've made so much mess for us that we have to now clean that we don't have the money. Real estate is expensive. I cannot afford my own house, my own car, my healthcare, education. And then you are expecting me to have a baby to, so that I can just pass on my debt to, to them. So I guess, I guess change will happen in another 100 to 200 years. You and I will be dead. No, but I think, I, so my problem is that, you know, this, but this is forced change to me, right? Like this is change out of necessity, rather than of because of awareness. When we hear these conversations, right, so we were just talking, you know, pre-show about how, like, we have, we have people, because we hear this from family members, and I've heard this from a lot of people, especially in India, about how, like, you know, uh, because, you know, there's, there's a very, it's a very family thing to be like, oh, so you've had one kid, maybe you should have a brother or a sister, like, you know, that kind of thing. And a lot of times, and, and then more recently, you know, when you hear the response, people are like, hey, yeah, no, I can't afford it. Like, well, what is there, you know, you're earning wealth, da 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 It's like, no, you don't get it, like, We've seen the previous generations and how they've suffered passing things down. And it's like for every child that I'm putting up here, because I don't want them to suffer later, like I have to buy a piece of property to attach to the child, like right up front, out the gate, right? And they're like, I can't afford three pieces of property just to keep three kids, you know, from fighting each other and stuff. I don't want it. No, thanks. And But this is, but this is not somebody saying three kids are an extreme load on the world and therefore I don't want to have three kids, I'll have one and I'll stop. This is them saying, I can't afford it, therefore I'm not going to do it. Which is for me, like, you know, the, there's still, the mindset hasn't been fixed yet or the awareness isn't really there. This is just like, okay, I'm forced to make this change because, well, I can't afford it. As if the giraffe extinction wasn't enough for you, we're also bringing fish to extinction. Um, and the recent study has, a recent study has shown that... Um, Freshwater marine life is going to be extinct by 2048 if we continue farming at the rate that we are. Mm-hmm. So fish farming has been hugely, hugely affecting marine life and has a negative ocean impact. Um, and it's not just you, you're picking out fish and eating them and that's killing their population. But when you're actually fishing and these fish farming, what they do is, you know, they have these nets and it's all plastic and anyway, the ocean uh, animals are dying because of it. For every one pound of fish that they catch, five pounds of fish that they catch are not meant to be eaten. So this is wild fish or it could be a bigger animal. It could be a sea turtle. And we just and they're just like, just dumped. They're just dumped. They're taken out of the sea. They're killed and they're dumped back into the sea. And... How, I, they, I mean, the word selfish seems like an understatement yeah. here, you know, it's, this is... For example, I mean, to, just to extend your example, so there was a time when this was something that was thought about. There was. There was a time when 
and I, th I do know that there are some there there's still some of those out there at least fishermen who target a certain fish when they realize that something else has come in they, they try to you know send it back or whatever but it's become this thing where it's like well i need one pound every hour to be sold and then it's like well if that means that i have to throw away this five pounds and not care about it well screw that i'm just going to focus on this one because i have to get this out there because the demand is so high that i have to do it and uh, i how is i mean i and i'm not even an expert and i can sit here and be like well just logically you can't sustain this and yes we have got a big earth and a lot of space and so it takes years or decades before we realize that we're running out of steam but duh it's not sustainable like you know do do, do you know what dead zones are ocean dead zones where nothing lives or nothing can live because the ecosystem is killed off. They they also known as hypoxic areas in the sea. Lack of oxygen, I'm guessing. Which is which is yeah, basically the the there is so much nutrient pollution, and it has just killed all life that is there. It could be marine life, or it could be uh, marine animals, or it could be corals. Mm -hmm. They're just not there anymore. And um, uh, ocean dead zones have quadrupled in size since 1950. So in about 60 years, four times the size of what it was. Logically, it's, it's depressing, but it's understandable because that's the years when we, everything went out of hand. Right? Yeah, that, that, those are the years when everything went out of hand. And eating, of course, and eating meat, the, the methane that comes from the cow, the fossil fuels that are burned to develop resources, the, the water sewage, everything, everything is just dirty around us. And we've, we, it all eventually ends up in the ocean and people got to understand that it... Somehow it's it's a circle, you know. It's not a straight line where you just keep passing on and it'll never come back to you. It is eventually going to come back to you. You're going to eat that fish. You're going to eat, drink that water. And these days people are avoiding fish. Like you said, you know, it's more out of their own uh, for themselves rather than for the environment. People are like, no, I don't want to eat fish because of the amount of mercury and because I will die. Yeah. You've done that. Mm. Stop eating fish, mm. you know, you stop stop polluting the ocean and it's it's because you've done that, it's coming back to you. No, of course there'd be a forced, the forced correction is also a correction and it's welcome, by the way. This is a very conceptual thing, but like, or a conceptual question, sorry. But like, where did that happen? Because hey, you know, when we were in school, when we were in school, when we were studying in our early years and stuff, and we were talking about wildlife and animals and science and everything else, we were taught that everything is an ecosystem. We were taught about food chains and, and the way the cycle of everything works. And not only, um, and this is not just animals and meat, but even like water and how, you know, the rains that we get, which we, uh, you know, rehydrate everything are actually, is actually evaporated back out. And this is this whole cycle. So if you break that cycle, you're affecting things down the chain, which is you're affecting the whole system back. And the same thing is true for animals. The same thing is true for uh, plants and everything else, like uh, this replanting and all of this stuff. We learned all this stuff. It's not like we weren't taught, but you know, that it, it, somehow like the focus is not on it. It's like, I have to give you the small piece of information. I'm just going to give it to you. And then whatever. And I, I even remember, like, I think in biology or something, we were actually taught, like, we were shown, like, a, um, you know, like an animal circle sequence. So, for example, you know, lion eats so-and-so, lion eats deer, deer eats this, 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 and, you know, whatever. And then, therefore, and then what would be the impact if the deer were extinct or the deer were all killed or whatever? Then, you know, then actually, eventually, the lions would die because they would have no food. And, um, and if the lions start dying, then they would, again, and then there's no deer, the lions are all dead. There's no new... Um, 
was it uh, new, new animals and stuff are not getting buried therefore again the soil and nutrition and that that whole cycle of everything else is all directly impacted we were taught all this stuff we were taught of it granted it was just as a pass on thing by the way nobody actually then said by the way do you know this is actually happening it was more like conceptually what would happen if you took one animal out of this ecosystem and yet here we are the animals are getting killed out of this ecosystem constantly and we're pretending like but i want my meat yeah no but i think one lesson people that haven't missed from school is like i'm human i'm at the top of the food chain i remember that i'm going to just talk that i know i know but for some reason have you seen those food chain memes yeah I, I still i mean i'm still i'm still amazed at that one because it's not like i said like they think that okay there's human and then there's and it's a straight line it's not it's just not and it's oh dear people got to understand that nature has taken care of itself there is everything that has a role on this planet except us useless humans uh, our role is just to destroy everything apparently every single plant every single ant every single insect crawlies whatever they all have a role that they're fulfilling you know you don't have to mess with it you don't have to be like no i need to milk this cow because it needs to be milked no you don't you know i i need to go hunt out there because conservation i don't i never get it hunters hunt in the name of conservation you you you're killing the population what what logic does that even make so you don't have to take care of anything it has already it will already take care of itself if there you know you go to australia and people are like oh the kangaroo population is massive and we can't live yeah because you have now gone into their habitats you need to control your population because animals cannot think about i can only have one child today they have they reproduce out of instinct they don't reproduce out of emotion um and and hence you as humans who are supposedly the most evolved species out there need to think this this is our role you got to think and you got to be careful on how you want to adjust yourself around the world that will exist with or without you people people just forget about this right people are just like oh, i'm human i built weapons i will kill the lion from behind a bush and i am so strong look at me i mean i just want like that hunter to just go out in the forest bare hand uh, barehanded and just go face the lion by itself and i'll see who wins like that would be a good sport i was having this conversation with someone who does a lot of um who's in the food industry and um something happened we started talking about podcasts i mentioned to vegans and oh really have you been vegan da, 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 and okay talked a little bit of history and then i got this like veganism has become quite a thing recently hasn't it and it was not like how cool is that it was just like oh it's become such a fad right like such a pain it, it, there was that yeah such a cult and i was like well you know i mean yeah i'm glad about that because it means and yes i know that everybody doesn't become vegan for the same reasons but you know if 10 new people come in maybe 50% of them are coming in for the good reasons i'm happy about that plus the five others are lose you know reducing their impact on the environment i'm happy about that too so yeah we're just having this conversation it was like oh yeah hmm, interesting yeah but you know like you know in fine dining and stuff like you can't be vegan and i'm like that's cannot be the debate that cannot be the debate the debate cannot be well i have to keep this industry running so I don't care about the moral things that you're telling me. No, it'd be like the moral things It's matter. The moral thing. I don't care about the planet that I'm living in because I'm my taste is more important to me. No, but but I have, but you know the fine dining it cannot survive without like and I'm just like that's not the point. Anyway, is incorrect because fine dining can still survive. No, I'm not asking anybody to starve, but I'm saying that like we we still we still we're still doing this thing where like it's like the thing I have or the thing that's happening right now cannot be given up. Therefore, if that means me whatever. 
as opposed to no meat has to stop or you know this has to be reduced if that has an impact on something else let's figure out what to do with that impact so if it means that the chefs have to come up with new recipes it means that the you know restaurant staff have to be given other kinds of jobs like whatever the next step is we, we can work through that chain properly but we just stop and we're like oh, who's going to figure all that out let it go so you know we were um I'll try and I'll try and find it and I'll put a link in the show notes. But you know, there was this uh, four-step cartoon at some point that I saw, where basically, you know, hundreds of years ago, you had these large forests, big trees, and animals like wild animals all over the place. And there was a small group of humans living in a hut with a nice little fence around themselves. Um, and then it's and then it shows like you know, then 50 years later, um, you know, there's like a straight line as a fence, and all of this side has become a city, and uh, animals are living on that side of it. Um, and then eventually, which is the last cartoon, which is. Um, everything's become a city. There's a fence inside which the animals are, and that role reversal of how that is. And and it sounds funny, it looks funny, but holy crap, it's true. Forget the fact that we're using the land to, um, you know, taking away the habitat, but we're also killing these animals because they're predators. So if I am an animal agriculture farmer and I am raising livestock, I am going out there and killing bears and I'm killing lions and I'm shooting tigers because it's a threat to my livestock that I am raising. So random, you pick those three animals. There are wolves and coyotes as well. Yeah, I know, but you didn't say those, right? You only said lions, tigers, and bears. No. It's like a whole thing. I was like, it's so funny that you're like poetically saying, making Wizard of like a Wizard of Oz reference without realizing it. I mean, you just you just you're just killing anything that comes in the way of what you're trying to do. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, and a classic example of that is palm oil, palm oil agriculture. I mean, if you look at orangutans, if you look at the wildfires that are happening, what do you think that's going on? God is punishing you for your sins? And like, no, you have. You have meshed with nature and it is coming back to you. The tsunamis, the wildfires, the earthquakes, this is all what we are doing right now to the planet. I mean, the the climate change that has happened because of the pollution that we've created, because of the way we live, because we don't want to... And it's, and it's not just non-vegans, it's us, it's you and me. We take showers for like 20-25 minutes, waste all the water because we want a nice shower. We We need to stop doing that. We need to just... Step down a little, see things from a different perspective, see things from the perspective of somebody who lives in a rural area in a village who who rations the water, a bucket of water that he gets. So you get just two mugs of water to shower. This is so much to talk about all of this, you know, I don't think I one remember there was, enough, um, uh, again, I'll, I'll put a link to this in the show notes, but I came across this uh, pretty recently, like somebody had run a campaign in India where um so obviously they it was a campaign run for a specific purpose so they yeah so they they obviously uh you know they they did dram- dramatize it a little bit and stuff so but the messaging was was quite good which was basically they, they set up a shower in the middle of the desert yeah in the, in the rural part of india so it was a glass shower like a glass shower cube the ones that we see in cities pretty commonly um and then obviously like you know, people were all curious, they started figuring it out, then they discovered that, oh, they, they started drinking it, and then some of them started taking showers in it. The messaging actually was, um, while all this has been happening, that person who's taking a shower is still not done. And in that time, like, the time that the guy has used to take a shower, the villagers have done, 15 villagers have already taken care of all their water needs in the day, and the guy is still taking a shower. It, of course, it's a bit of an exaggeration and hyperbole, but... Yeah. It's so hard. No, the, yeah, but the messaging was was quite good. I mean, it was it was well done. Yeah, well done campaign. Very hard hitting this kind of stuff. And and we, like I said again, we do it every day, every single day. We're doing even the smallest things. I, it's amazing to me that the, you cannot. How do you not see the impact of some of this? How do you not? I wonder if convenience is so addictive that you just don't want to change it. What else could it be? 
I get the food bit, you know. Food can be addictive physically, you know. I mean, I, I was just, I didn't, I didn't read the article, but I was just scrolling through my Facebook and I saw one article that says that cheese is now classified as uh, as addictive as hard drugs. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I was like, huh, surprise, surprise. Mm. So I get like food is addictive, but why, why would I refuse to stop using, let's say, a Mac or a Maybelline and use a local cosmetic company that doesn't test on animals? Why do I not make that switch? What is so cool about using a Mac or a Gucci bag because it is made of alligator or it is snake shoes? And I, I just don't get it. I mean, who, where are you going to take all this stuff? Like, No, that's not, but you know, you know how it is. We do live in that. And we were just talking about it over the last 50 years or so where like me wearing a Gucci belt or me wearing or somebody holding a, I don't know, whatever, Prada bag or it doesn't matter which company um, is, is a status symbol. And to fit into a certain type of style, to fit into a certain type of community, I have to have this. And then it then doesn't matter. It's like and, and, and again the same argument, right? Like, well if I buy one bag, like whatever, hundreds of people are buying one bag, like it's not like the other ninety nine are gonna stop. I might as well buy one too. It doesn't matter. Like and it's just kind of like it doesn't matter. What is how is it my problem? Not just convenience and, and addiction, it's also like um this is where I am because we, we define ourselves by the clothes we wear and the, the stuff we carry exactly and but that, that, I mean that's what I'm saying I don't know who said this and I keep seeing this on all the vegan pages like if slaughterhouses were made of glass walls nobody would be eating meat you know you're not you're not actually seeing it's not in front of you every time where your meat is coming from it's not in front of you when how your cosmetics are tested and given to you and, you know, for you, it's just the ultimate product that comes in a nice, glitzy, glamoury pack, you know, shiny new lipstick. And But you have no idea what all has gone, who, which being has gone through suffering for that to come on the table. I do get your point, by the way. However, I do think as well that we have reached that point now where um, if slaughterhouses had glass walls, it would not convert everybody. It would convert most people. It would convert a lot of people. It wouldn't convert everybody. Because I think that there are a lot of people who'd be like, yeah, but I mean, I have to eat steak. Yeah, but there's a big difference between knowing and seeing it. No, no, I, I, I do know that. And I do agree with you that a lot of people are cha- are changing because of documentaries, because of, um, you know, a lot of this activism, you know, social media. We've talked about like Cube of, Thru- uh, Cube of Truth and all of that. I'm not, by the way, of course, this is having an impact. And of course, more of this has to be done. But I also think that I've seen enough people and the way they talk about this stuff that even though they know that they're essentially stomping over an animal's neck to get what they want, whether it's food, whether it's clothing, whether whatever, they are fine with it because it's more important for them to be sitting in a high-profile meeting eating steak or wearing this amazing leather jacket that's in than it is to worry about what it, what, what got them there. But there will always be a certain amount of population who are like, I don't care. Animals are here to serve me and they're, God send them so that I can eat them. If they were not food, then why are they so delicious? Some some crap like that will come out, but that's like the proportion will not be as huge as it is now. The certain emotions that God has given to us as humans, most importantly, conscience. You know, a lion will hunt a deer without any conscience because he has to do it to survive. You can survive without killing or destroying anything. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you will use resources. You will destroy something. And something will happen. I mean, when you're um, farming fruits and vegetables, bugs will die, insects will die, da, da, da. All those things may happen, you know, but that's a part of your survival. It's not, let me go out there and kill a bunny because I want to eat it for dinner tonight because it's been a while since I've eaten a bunny. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, did, I, think, I think we've covered most of the... 
issues, not to forget having wildlife as pets? I mean, you know, it's stuff like uh, ivory from the tusks and that kind of like poaching towards towards this sort of exotic um, byproduct or exotic thing that is like, well, I'm okay to kill uh, an elephant because the tusk, I mean, can you imagine the amount of money? Smuggling, I mean, you know how much smuggling goes on with all this stuff because they're so highly priced. And why are they highly priced? Because someone wants to put something up in their in their living room. Forget that. Somebody wants to have an ivory necklace. I mean, do you even know where that comes from? I don't care. I've paid somebody to do the dirty job for me. I just want it on my table. So happy 2019, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So this year, for Veganuary, we have a new contest and a new giveaway. It's going to be another vegan dessert, and we will announce that shortly. What you have to do is, uh, you have to post a picture of your favorite vegan moment from 2018 and tag us and put the hashtag, the two vegans. And yeah, and and your vegan moment can be anything can be an amazing thing you made at home it can be something you gave up it can be something you participated in or it can be the new hot chocolate that you made with soy milk because that's going to be my participation <laughs> just kidding yeah so it literally can be anything we just want we just want to celebrate your vegan moments to this what you have to do is um you can share this moment with us either on instagram or on facebook we're the dot two dot vegans on instagram uh, so leave us a tag Put down a hashtag that says the two vegans, and we will consider that as your entry. On Facebook, you can leave us a post on our Facebook page. Just, just do a search for the two vegans. You'll see us come up. Leave us a post there, uh, same way. Give us a nice picture, whatever it is. You can be in the picture. You cannot be in the picture. I leave that to you. If you're the shy kind and don't want to post with your picture, that's fine. And if you're a selfie fanatic, get us in with that selfie. That's fine too. No problem at all. Um, and we'll, we'll consider your entry, and we'll announce the winner towards the end of January. More dessert for 2019. I know. We should start you know, the year on a sweet note. Yeah, and in case you're planning to planning to lose weight or something, uh, you can start from Feb. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, well, I hope uh, this episode has been entertaining as always. We've tried to... Um, we want to c- keep trying to do some of these episodes where we're just sharing some interesting facts. We're sharing things that we're hopefully will create more awareness around this. And we figured that would be a good start to the year. And if there's anything else that you'd like us to cover, please let us know. Uh, you can again send us a message on Instagram or you can private message Chirag or me. Uh, find us out. You'll, 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 you have to be a bit of a stalker to do that. No, we've made it pretty easy, I think. I don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, um, as always, if you haven't subscribed to the show already, what really are you doing with your 2019? I think it's time you get started on that. That should be a resolution. I agree. Um, you can find us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Gangami, literally wherever you like listening. We're everywhere. And then we'll be in more places in 2019. We will. Yeah. Sounds good. Keep on keeping on. Oh, we're back to that? Yeah. Damn it.